Welcome to Wager Talk Week 4 NFL Podcast. I'm Scott Spritzer with Matt Holt, VP of Business Development at CGT Sportsbooks. Dave Koken now at wagertalk.com. Marco D'Angelo, a co-founder of wagertalk.com. We've got some great games we're going to talk about in preview from the betting side of the uh, counter coming up in just a bit, including the Steelers-Ravens, including the Raiders-Broncos. But as always, we're going to kick things off by going behind the counter with Matt Holt at CGT Sportsbooks. And Matt, of course, you guys cleaned up at the NFL last weekend. What were a couple of the key games where you guys really turned a profit behind the counter at CGT Sportsbooks? Well, I think the Sunday night game was the culmination, really, of what was an unbelievable Sunday with the the Raiders not only not covering but losing the game outright in emphatic fashion to the Washington Redskins. But the buildup started right out of the gate. Denver Broncos, biggest selection of the day, losing outright to the Buffalo Bills. That was a big one right out of the gate. Uh, And it just steamrolled from there all day long, pretty much. The one popular dog on the day, Detroit Lions, they failed to cover in kind of semi-controversial fashion. And uh, it just ended up being one of those days where everything fell right for the books. It was crazy, that call with the Detroit Lions at the goal line. And, you know, I just kept saying when I was watching the the game involving the Dallas Cowboys, that if that was a touchdown, Des Bryant backing his way inside the five, which he was stopped about half a yard short. If that's ruled by a touchdown by the review crew, then how in the world did they rule that the Detroit Lions wide receiver was down on they the field? They don't have the slightest idea of what they're looking Absolutely at. Absolutely not. I mean, the, 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 the Bryant thing, it was clearly not a touchdown. Right. You could see on the shadows. And you got John Grigal, give him a touchdown. No, don't give him a touchdown. They're hard to come no. by. You know? <laughs> he just, it just wasn't a touchdown. And I still and I had no stake in the Lions game, so it didn't matter to me right. either way. I don't know how you overturned the call on the field. Yeah. I mean, it just should have been a call stands. Whatever the, whatever the official decided on the field or right. called on the field should have been what stood in that review with the Detroit Lions. Let's find out what's going on this week with the betting handle. We'll start with the Panthers and the Patriots. New England Open and remains about a nine-point favorite. Uh, the total 48 at CGT Books. Carolina, some key parts are missing this week. Of course, Greg Olson been out for a couple of weeks now. But New England's offense, Matt, has looked, or I shouldn't say offense, but defense has looked pretty spotty so far this young season. It certainly has. Look, beyond spotty, the 32nd-ranked defense in the NFL right now, and they are playing absolutely terrible. But on the flip side, I don't think anyone would disagree that the New England Patriots' offense is the best offense in the NFL. So tough game to handicap here. Carolina been the most disappointing team in the NFL this year on offense. New England Patriots the most disappointing team in the NFL in 2017 on defense. Something's got to give in this game. Laying, you know, taking points against the Patriots historically in this spot has not been a profitable sharp play the last couple of years and the sharps have taken note of that and they're not anxious to grab the nine with carolina here despite all of the issues with the patriots defense on the flip side though you don't really see any sharps laying the nine either with the new england patriots it's really been a low handle in terms of over the counter wagering one of those rare games where there's twice as much dollars wagered over the counter as there is on account thus far here's a game where There are times when I am a truly stupid, uh, rhymes with duck. Okay. Uh, I've known you for a long time. I could name a few. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of them because I knew as soon as I saw this Rams Cowboys line, I know it's like, oh, you got to bet the Rams at this price. But not, not, I hadn't even handicapped the game yet. But it's like this line's too high. It's going to come down. There's no way the drop money is not going to get involved in taking the Rams. So I've naturally, being the, 
stupid duck that I am, I didn't bet the game. And, and sure enough, I've missed the number because the, the shops have climbed all over the ramps and driven it down like a point and a half. More than that now, two points, I think. Yep. Yeah, two points right out of the gate. We opened yep. this game eight, eight and a half, all the way down to six. Uh, and it was all sharp action, real dollars wagered, and it all mostly. I don't. To your point, I don't know that it had a lot to do with the handicapping it's as much as it had to do with yep. played on a Thursday night, three extra days rest versus one short day rest on the team playing on the Monday night. Uh, we're going to take the points there over a touchdown. Happens every time, and we saw a massive drop in line value. But now that the line six, we're actually getting two ways sharp and one sided action over the counter on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it's not going back to eight and a half though. No. Big game Sunday in the AFC South. You've got the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. Do the Texans rebound after going to Foxborough, almost beating your Patriots, and come back home now? This will be the first home start for Deshaun Watson. I don't want to call out one of my super contest partners in my other my other entry, which has done very, very well this year. But his his top pick was the Houston. I'm going to do it. His top pick was the Houston Texans this week, and I've heard a lot of smart people say, "I love the Houston Texans this week." They're buying a hundred percent into the Kool Aid, and what we're seeing is plenty of sharp action on the Houston Texans. So why is the line going up? Because the really sharp NFL betters love the Tennessee Titans this week. They in their eyes, wow, we're getting the better team here at almost to pick them, and it's not close. They think the Tennessee Titans are a lot better team. Look, Deshaun Watson had one good game against the 32nd-ranked defense in the NFL. That's not something you can hang your hat on. The Tennessee Titans look like the team, to me, right now that we thought they were heading into the season. Marco's game. Pittsburgh at the Baltimore Ravens, which we're going to break down a little bit later in the show and get Marco's thoughts on this. Pittsburgh 342.5, up from 2.5. And, and man, as the total dropped, uh, Matt over at CGT, from 45 to 42.5. Was kind of you know tossing this game a little bit back and forth before last week's game, thinking maybe Baltimore comes in here and and gets the victory. But a tough choice, you know, when you consider you got to forget kind of about what happened last week in London, obviously, except for the fact that Flacco, you can see, is not one hundred percent healthy. So you never know when that back problem is going to flare up and and cause a little bit of a hiccup in his giddy up. Uh, but as far as Pittsburgh is concerned, all that drama going on right now in the locker room, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, I know you guys behind the counter. You have to set a line based on everything but what the drama has been in the locker room. It's got to be handled in a normal fashion. So we have to also as betters. What are you guys doing as far as this game is concerned? It's up to three, up from two and a half. Do you think it'll come back down by kickoff Sunday? This is a really interesting game. And one of the interesting angles that you didn't even touch on yet is the the, the fact that prior to this year, we only had one team ever come off London and actually right. play the next week. But because they play so many games in London now, this is going to start to be a regularity. Teams play in London, then they play again the next week. This week, both teams that played in London la- last week are both playing this week. We don't have a history that tells us how detrimental or not detrimental it actually is to teams. So we're all kind of assuming, oh, it's fine, oh, it's nothing, or oh, it's really bad, or... We just really don't know, and it's an interesting factual standpoint that we just don't have any history to look back and judge it on. And on the other side, look, there's a lot of trends that point toward Baltimore in this game and point toward the under in this game. The action, though. Let me ask you one question just based on you were talking about we don't have any history of it. So is there anything baked into the line at all? 
based off of what happened, you know, assuming, is there any assumption behind the counter or do you need to see some things play out over the next year or two before you can start baking that kind of into the line? We're seeing unbelievable two-way action on this game. And I always, look, I'm a guy who always wants to be a sponge and absorb things. So sure. I, anytime I can, when a sharp better is betting a game and I see him at the book or around, I try to talk to him anytime I can. Why are you betting this game? And I've heard reasons. Hey, I don't like the Baltimore obviously didn't look good going to, to London. Why are they going to look good coming mm-hmm. back? And then I've heard people that back Baltimore because they say the trends are on their side. The trends favor Baltimore and under. And Pittsburgh has uh, some dis- divisiveness in the locker room because of the National Anthem stuff. There is sharp action on both sides of this game where everyone tends to agree, though, is that this has been a low-scoring series mm-hmm. and this total continues to drop. And look, 42, 41 and a half. When you start to get to those totals, that's the bottom in the NFL now. Yep. You just don't see many games lower than 40. Nope, sure don't. Giants and Bucks are matching up in Tampa. The Giants are now 0-3 after a valiant effort last week, their best game of the season. And they rewarded their backers in the process. There was a lot of Giants money out there last week, and they got paid because they did cover the spread after falling behind early. Uh, now they're going on to face a Tampa team that, you know, I, I think might qualify as not as big a disappointment as the Giants, but certainly a bit of a disappointment. So this is this is a big game for these two teams. One of them is going to hopefully turn their season around. Yeah, absolutely. And look, the Giants were one of the really, really sharp early selections. You know, this is how the evolution of a line works, if we could take 30 seconds, so that if betters understand, because they probably don't understand early in the week. On Mondays, you could probably bet between one and five dimes on an NFL side. And as bookmakers, we want those bets coming in because it helps us settle our numbers at a very reduced fraction of the limit. So if we're taking 5000 on Monday, but, you know, unlimited $200,000 bets on Sunday, great. Help, help tell us where we're wrong. Tuesday, same thing. Wednesday, the limits start to open. Thursday, full limits are open. By then, the lines are settled. Bet whatever you want. That's the evolution of a line. On Mondays and Tuesdays, it is 95% sharp action. The the normal betting public doesn't start betting until Thursday, right before Thursday night football for the entire weekend. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're 90% sharp. 90% of the bets we took on this game Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday were on the New York Giants. When I asked people why, they said, take a look at the Tampa Bay injury report. It's as bad on any team as defense. So I did. McCoy, Spence, Ward, Jockez Smith, Brent Grimes, Baker, Quan Alexander, all on the injury report. But as we've gotten further in the week, it looks like one or two of these guys might actually play. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not their entire starting 11 that's off the field, but the Tampa Bay defensive injury report this week, you need to look at it if you're going to bet this game because it might be the most important injury report of the week. <sighs> Going to a game, Philadelphia travels to play the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers, the season at 0-3, it's about ready to unravel with you know the move to L.A., playing in, not a football stadium, an arena. The Sharps have been riding the Chargers this season, and they haven't been rewarded. And once again last week, a lot of people on the Chargers, they let them down. Have the Sharps given up, or are they going one more time? Because this is a great situational spot for them, and I I hate to keep saying that. I'm tired of losing with them. Yeah, we've seen some teams with some really bad travel this week. Miami, uh, the Jags, and Baltimore. This is the best travel situation. Third straight home game for the L.A. Chargers. Fourth straight game on the West Coast. If there's ever a game they're supposed to win, it's this one. Philly coming all the way across the country off that emotional win over the New York Giants last week in a game the Eagles should have lost. 
This is going to be a big-time pros versus Joe game. The public is heavy. 90% of the dollars wagered over the counter on the Philadelphia Eagles. 90% of the dollars wagered on account on the L.A. Chargers. Right now, as it stands, Thursday night, our biggest pros versus Joe's game of the week, Philadelphia at L.A. Chargers. Dave, I'm looking at that game, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking when it comes to the Eagles and the Chargers, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking there's no way I can play Philly here. And if you look at the way the Chargers have played in the games they've lost, they could be 3-0. and They're down 17-10 to with two minutes to go against Kansas City, and they had two special teams blunders from their field goal team uh, in the closing minutes in their first two games. They're that close to being 3-0. and But maybe this Miss is just what the Chargers do. Miss a field goal at the wire do. against Denver. Yeah, Miss exactly. a field goal against Miami. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, but maybe this is what these Chargers do. But I think I got to, uh, well, I don't think. I'm on them already for week four, thinking that they snap it. Maybe Marco's got the better uh, better thought on it. This about <laughs> I'm not going to let them beat me again, darn it. Raiders and Broncos talking about a couple of other AFC West teams. The uber-popular Oakland Raiders getting massive public money the first three weeks. Sharp money in last week's loss also on the Raiders to the skins are not so popular at the book right now, I'm guessing, Matt, because Denver opened one at CGT. They're up to three. Huge, sharp, overwhelming amounts of sharp money. This is one of the hardest things as a bookmaker. The most tickets written on any team, week one, week two, week three, Oakland Raiders. Part of our job as bookmakers is to anticipate where the action's going to come and set a number accordingly. Of course, the power rating said this game should be Denver three at home, but the, Oakland's been the most wagered on team week one, two, and three. So what do you do? You make the line one, bam, here comes the Denver sharp money right out of the gate, hammers it right back up to three where it's supposed to be. Now that sharp money has slowed a little bit, but I'll tell you what's interesting, as we've seen in some other games, hey, once we hit a key number, the sharp money comes back on the other side. I've yet to see the sharp buyback on the Oakland Raiders, although at three, we're starting to see the OTC money uh, come in on the Las Vegas Raiders, we call them here, because they sure have adopted them as the hometown team in Las Vegas. Washington Redskins had a very good performance. Uh, Kirk Cousins was absolutely great against the Raiders. Uh, yeah, look, uh, Skins might be a team I underrated coming into the season. We'll wait and see. Kansas City, you could argue, has been the best team in the NFL for the first three weeks with the kid from Toledo paving the way for their offense to get way more explosive than it's been in the past. Uh, the Chiefs always solid defensively. What's happening with the betting line on this game? Interestingly enough, only two games undefeated against the spread in the entire NFL, Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. And despite how impressive the Chiefs have looked, the public is not all over them this week. It's split over the counter. Washington and Kansas City, 1.5 times more dollars wagered on the Chiefs over the counter. Interestingly enough, though, the Sharps, two times more dollars wagered on the Washington Redskins this week. I think the Redskins have proved a little something. They proved a little grit going on the road and beating what we have to consider at least an average Rams team at this point. Uh, I know Colin Cowherd had the Rams ninth in his power ratings. The The Redskins went on the road and beat the ninth team in his power ratings. And then they fired back and beat what everyone thought was the hottest team in football in the Oakland Raiders. So without Jordan Reed and without Robert Kelly. So this team on the boat, I've heard that the offensive line and the defensive line coach are doing amazing things there in Washington, and this team's playing better football. But so far, split action OTC, split action on account. Good stuff for Matt Holt of CGT Sportsbook. So when we come back, we're going to break down a handful of week four games from the other side of the counter, our side. Stick around for that, plus best bets. We are Wager Talk.
Welcome back to Wager Talk NFL version. Don't forget to check out the college football podcast on Thursday night through the weekend. Uh, Panthers at New England is where we're going to start off here. And Marco, New England laying nine, total 48 and a half. And, you know, just wait for that Patriots defense to get on the same page. Figured it might take four or five weeks before that happens. They certainly were not there against the Houston Texans. But can Carolina take advantage with some of the bumps and bruises they have on offense, including Cam Newton's throwing shoulder? I'm not one that likes to lay over a touchdown in the NFL, but I'm going to do it here with the New England Patriots. I do not like this Carolina team at all. They have not shown me anything offensively in three games. Yeah, they scored 23 opening week against San Francisco. Since then, they were held to nine points by the Buffalo Bills at home. And then last week, you only score 13 points at home against the Saints defense. I'm sorry. I cannot do it. You look at New England, Tom Brady, you know, he's putting up, you know, numbers that I just can't believe. I mean, they're like, you know, video game numbers. And now he's getting used to Brandon Cooks. Yeah. So this is a situation. And a lot of people are going to look and say, all right, you know, two games at home, New England, they lose to Kansas City, which I think is one of the best teams in the AFC. And then last week they struggled with Houston. But a couple things to point out about that Houston game. One, Houston had the extra days to prepare for that. They played on the Thursday night. Remember that they played that Thursday night game against Cincinnati. That was Deshaun Watson's first start, and he had to do it with just three days of preparation. Then they had the extra time. And let's not forget the head coach of the Houston Texans is Bill O'Brien. He knows Bill Belichick. He served under... Belichick all those years in New England. So you give them extra time to prepare a game plan and look at those weaknesses with the injuries on the Patriots. That's what made that game look closer than, well, it was close, but made them competitive in that game. That doesn't happen this week with Carolina. I'm laying the points with New England. Matt, your boys from New England, I still think they're going to be a player at the end of the year when they get that defense on the same page. Right now, though, they're making some dumb plays in the secondary, and it's not just me saying and using the word dumb. They're missing coverages at times of the secondary. Yeah, absolutely. The New England Patriots defense looks terrible. And on the other side of the ball, the Carolina offense looks terrible. And, um, you know, interestingly enough, the one positive I do think we can give to Carolina this week is Kelvin Benjamin's going to come back and play. He, he was probably doubtful earlier in the week. That could be a plus. At some point, Cam Newton's health needs to get close to 100% and his, you know, shaking off the rust of not playing in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have plenty of weapons there. I'm worried about laying nine in this game. I'll be honest. I'm a Patriots fan. Their offense can put up 40 on anybody, including Carolina. But a gun to my head, I think I would take the nine. Over. Uh, because, uh, you know, Carolina's offense will start to get better with Benjamin on the field. And I think Newton is, you know, you would think that he's getting healthy, healthier. Uh, and as inept as they were last week against New Orleans, I think they might be a little bit better here. And the Patriots defense sucks. It's just it's just been plain old bad. You've seen coverages, Dave. I'm oh, making it, dumb decisions. Just, yeah, I mean it's not the coaching, obviously. They just don't have good personnel out there right now, and maybe it's going to take them some time to gel. But the offense, it doesn't matter who gets hurt, who you have to plug in. Yeah. They just they're just r- ridiculous. So you know, I I think they're going to put up thirty again, and I don't think it's a complete runaway. So Carolina probably puts twenty something up. I think you're in the fifties in this game unless you get some. You know, crazy New England wind on Sunday or something like that. You know, check the weather. Uh, but uh, unless there's something that's going to disturb the ability to throw the football, you got a high-scoring game. And here you go, Marco. None of us are trend heads, but this points to your side. The Patriots 6-0 and against the spread against teams with a winning record. How about 7-1 and against the spread after allowing 
350 yards or more their previous game. So they usually bounce back after they have a bad game on the defensive side of the football. Titans at the Texans. Matt, I keep hearing a few people. We talked about this in our opening segment of the NFL podcast. A few people talking about getting involved with those Texans this week. Little binged up a wide receiver in a game where the winner covers the point spread, basically. Tough to back a rookie, though, even though Deshaun Watson is a keeper. Yeah, and I know he had a good game last week, but he had a good game against the 32nd-ranked defense. The week before against Cincinnati, they only managed 13 points, and their only touchdown came on a 56-yard run from Deshaun Watson on a broken play. The week before, he comes in in relief in Jacksonville, looked terrible. Look, I think he's probably going to be a good quarterback someday, but he's certainly not there yet, and, and you know what you're getting with the Tennessee Titans. This is a complete football team, a playoff team, the clear-cut favorite to win the AFC South, laying what was you know down to one at yeah. one point. Now it's back up to two, two and a half as the Sharps are all over the Titans here. I could only go one way, um, as I tend to would rather take the proven commodity in Tennessee than, than drink the Kool-Aid of a kid that had one good game. Sure. I'm, not, uh, you know, I, I'm not ready to write off the Texans just yet, but I think O'Brien could be a coach in the hot seat as the season progresses. Uh, and the thing on the Titans is now they've got DeMarco Murray back healthy to go with Henry, and that is a that's a big time running back. He had like a seventy-five yarder last year, last week as part oh, of the mix. He looked Murray really looked good. great. Yeah. You know, he had limited carries, but had about one hundred and twenty yards, yeah. and so that's a one-two punch. And that means they're going to have fresh legs in the backfield, which benefits Mariota. Now, the one thing that worries me is Mariota. Stop with the stupid decisions, okay? Stop trying to win the football game by yourself, which he's it's very aggravating. To see young quarterbacks do this because you know they're being coached not to do that, and then they do it anyway. I guess that's the competitive nature that allows them to be starting quarterbacks in the NFL, but it's still just a killer at times. I, I, you know, look, I think Tennessee's a better squad than Houston, and, uh, and Houston could be a little bit drained coming out of uh, just a wild game last week that I think they thought they had won, and then all of a sudden they didn't. Uh, so a big disappointment at the end of that game. I would lean to the Titans in this game. Marco, I'm telling you, this Tennessee team, and you know, I know they lost to the Oakland Raiders. I was on Tennessee in week one. I think Matt was on it with me on week one. And if they played the Raiders again this week, I'd be on Tennessee again, to tell you the truth. I think this is a legit 10-win team that's going to be in the postseason this year. To Dave's point, Marcus Mariota just got to dial it down a little bit at times. Your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I like them here. This is a team I liked coming in, and I thought – Mariota would, you know, settle down this year. They've only had one turnover, though. So, I mean, it's not like they've been a turnover machine. Uh, but he still misses people, you know, at times. But is the running game keeps getting better. And how much better can it get? Last week, 195 yards on 35 carries. The week before that, 179 yards on 36 carries. When the running game is working like that, Mariota's going to be fine. I like this Tennessee team. They put up 37 and 33 points the last two weeks. Yeah, Houston had a lot of points last week, and it looks good because it was against New England. But, again, everything was in their favor. The coaching, you know, knowing the schemes of New England, the extra days to prepare. Now you got to do it. And let's face it, I love Deshaun Watson, but there's going to be a little bit of pressure yeah. on him in this game. It's his first home start, and it's the biggest game of the division. I mean, these two are the teams that I figure are going to battle for the division crown because, you know, Indianapolis doesn't have Andrew Luck and I'm still not sold on Jacksonville. So this is a big game for the division. I think if this game's played a month from now, 
and we see the way the teams progress, Tennessee would be a three or three and a half point favorite a month from now because we're going to see, as you said, everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm getting in front of it. I think the value's on Tennessee. I'm sitting there listening to Mike Malarkey doing an interview this week on uh, the NFL channel on Sirius, and they were talking to him about the the effort that they've made to become a run-first football team. Yes. And they said – when you scored 33 points, you ran the ball 32 times. When you scored 37 points, you ran the ball 36 times. And he goes, we feel that in the NFL, you got to be able to run the ball effectively and run the ball and look to run more than just pass the football to get where we want to be, which is an, a championship. And I think he's absolutely right. I think they're going to be pounding around that Houston defense that might be a, a little bit battered and bruised from last week's game against New England and uh, should open things up a little and bit. And don't you Mariota. think because it's a passing league now that there's different ways to play defense? You know, th- sure. there's teams that predicate their whole defense now on getting speed and rushers yep. and then corners in the back who can play one-on-one coverage. Absolutely. That's kind of the prototype, the Denver prototype. Hmm. And, you know, their run defense the last few years, it's better this year, wasn't very good. Exactly. But they had speed rushers and then cornerbacks who could cover one-on-one on an island. Right. But Tennessee does it different. They pound the rock on offense behind a big line, and they smash up in there on defense with a big line. They're kind of the antithesis of what teams have That's to prepare right. for. Yeah. What you're saying, prepare for the It's like preparing for a triple season. option team in college. Yeah. You never see it. You're not ready yep. for it. And that's they come out and smash you in the mouth oh. on both sides of the ball. And make no mistake, they smacked Seattle in the mouth last week. I'm going to bet that Marco has no interest in this game on Sunday when the games uh, actually <laughs> kick off the Steelers and the Ravens. Uh, boy, what a series. Marco, I know, has got this as his best bet. So we'll get his thoughts and his handicap on the game a little bit later in the show. But Dave, uh, boy, I'm telling you, do you just look at that game last week and outside of maybe Flacco if he was a little banged up and you got to put that in the mix when you're handicapping this game? Can he make the long passes efficiently? Other than that, do you kind of just throw that game away last week? We talked last week before the game. It's not a Monday morning quarterbacking situation. We talked before the game. In fact, we talked about both these games last week. Uh, the Steelers game against the Bears and, uh, and the Jaguars game against the Ravens. And we mentioned the really huge set of advantages on the Jacksonville side for that game being in London. There's way more use to the travel Baltimore has the big game with Pittsburgh on deck, which is such a huge rivalry. It was just a terrible spot for the Ravens. And you know what? They got off to a bad start, and I think they lost interest in the game, to be honest with you. And that's why they pulled Flacco so that he wouldn't get punished, and they pulled a bunch of other guys too. And just, all right, let's just finish this thing and get the hell out of here. Uh, So I think you'll see a Baltimore team that is more focused this week. The problem is we said the same thing about the Bears or the uh, Steelers last week as they went into Chicago to face the Bears. This is a bad spot for Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, you, you can go back to since the time Tomlin arrived there. Mm. They've continuously had their problems against lower-level competition on the road. I don't know why. Uh, I don't care why. It is what it is. And the Steelers continue to fit that pattern again last week. They did not play well in that football game. They were kind of lucky to get it to overtime, and then they lost the game anyway. Uh, the game doesn't go to overtime if it's not for an unbelievably stupid play by Marcus Cooper Sr. I mean, unbelievably stupid, and I think everybody knows what yep. we're talking about. It almost cost this football team the game. Uh, so I think you're going to get a much more focused performance out of both teams here, and to me, that means more defense. Uh because this is a this is a slobber knocker of a series. These teams get together and it's a war every time out. And I can see this being one of those 
those games where you get drives up and down the field, but they don't get to the end zone. The defenses find a way to get key stops. To me, I'd look at the under. Matt, that's Pittsburgh on the season. Drive up and down the field and don't get any points. I mean, that's kind of where their offense has been thus far. And that's what the trends in this series say. And, and Baltimore, to me, is one of the hardest teams in the NFL to figure out. Everybody jumped on them after the first two weeks, but they were plus seven in turnovers, and they played a Cincinnati team who had half their defense, including Pac-Man and Bursette, suspended game one. Their offensive line was in disarray. Then week two, they played the worst, the quarterback with the worst QBR in the entire NFL and in Sean Kaiser and you know they come out plus seven in turnovers they go on the road to London and look terrible this is a team coming into the season the Sharps were fading they may have had the worst injury report coming into week one of any team in the NFL uh really hard team to figure out here the trends say take Baltimore but and we don't know what the divisiveness is in the Pittsburgh locker room if there's ever a stay away from me it's this game All right, the Raiders and the Broncos in Denver. And Dave, before the season began, the big question mark, and we all asked it, was what's this Raider defense truly going to be like once the regular season begins? You know, they open the season against Tennessee. Marcus Mariota misses some throws. Oakland gets the win. It was close for about two and a half, three quarters, but Oakland deserved that win. They were the better team that day. They play the Jets. They give up 20, but it was a, a blowout from start to finish. And then we see some issues come up. Not so much the offense. It was a flat spot by that offense. They're going to be fine. I'm concerned about that Raider defense. Well, I think that was the concern of the team coming into the season. How good is the defense going to be? And it wasn't good last week. Cousins just dissected them. Uh, Now, this is a different situation, though. And and this is why I'm a little reluctant to play this game. Because we saw something last week that I think that you're going to see a bit of a blueprint was, was put out there by the Buffalo Bills on how to get to Simeon. And make him make mistakes. He's not good when he gets pressured. Okay, he was when when he's got time to throw in the pocket. It's like you know what this kid looks better than I, I thought he was going to be. Then last week, all of a sudden, he, they, they're throwing blitzes at him from different all kinds of different schemes, and he looked awful in the second half of that football game. Happy feet. He's throwing the ball. Just had. I don't think he had any idea what the hell was going on out there. And so you would think that Oakland's going to try. All kinds of different looks defensively to try and get into his face and make him make bad throws. The problem is I don't have any faith that Oakland can do it. Yeah, that, That's what worries me. And it's, it's why I, and I think that the sharp money appears to have the same opinion as the. It's been coming into the Broncos in this game. I can't disagree with it. I'm not going to lay the points because, number one, I could have had, if, if I was going to play Denver, I should have done it earlier in the week. So now I've got an excuse to sit the game out, <laughs> which is probably what I'm going to do. Push comes to shove, I'd take the Broncos. Marco, data mining a little bit, which I like to do from time to time, and it uh, sounds good for radio at the very least if you're not mm-hmm. a trend head. But I like to check out some of the stuff that Stats Fox has, and every once in a while something will jump off the screen at me. Home chalk off a road loss, which is Denver, against a team off a loss of 14 or more, which is Oakland. Those home teams are 49-95 and 95 mm. against the spread. Do you care? <laughs> well, you know, it's nice when it supports my side. I there like those go. trends. Yeah, I see it on the cake when yeah. something supports your yeah. side. <laughs> <laughs> but you look at this one, and, you know, the biggest problem you have when you're a handicapper is when one team throws that one game that has you just, what was that, you know? And I wanted to use a different adjective there, but I, I didn't. Uh, and that's what I got to say. Rhymes with the with duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, is what happened on Sunday night with the Raiders? Were they looking ahead to this Denver game? You know, it's not a great spot for the Raiders. 
They're playing the third road game in four weeks. They're traveling across country. They went from Oakland to play Washington, Sunday night, late game, then you got to travel home, and now you're playing in the altitude. What I think you're going to see from the Broncos is going to be much the same game plan that you saw against the Cowboys. And what they did is they came out and they went with a faster tempo, caught Dallas by surprise. And one of the reasons is you want to tire out your opponent in mile high. They ran 79 plays. I don't remember a Denver team running 79 plays in how many years in one game. And it was very successful. Dallas was gasping for air in the second half. I think that happens to this Raider defense here. So where I'm leaning is I think Carr bounces back from his worst game, and I think you're going to see the Raiders get their share of points, but you're also going to see Denver scoring theirs against them. I'm going to take the over in this one. Matt, the Raiders have covered 10 of 13 as a road dog under Del Rio as it is. Do they bounce back this week? I got a tough time seeing it, and the biggest stat factor to me that's pointing out in this game, Oakland 5.4 yards per play on offense, 6.2 yards per play allowed on defense. Denver Broncos this year, 5.2 yards per play on offense, which isn't that great. It's it's right in the middle around average, but only 4.3 yards per play on defense. We talked about this Denver defense coming into the season. The only team to allow under 200 yards per game passing last year. The defense looks just as strong this year. Mile high, always one of the tough, toughest places in the NFL to play in September. It's all Denver for me. It's tough. When we come back, we're going to give out our best bets in the NFL for this week. And don't forget, check out the College Football Wager Talk podcast, also available at wagertalk.com. Back in a minute. Welcome back to NFL Best Bets on Wager Talk. Don't forget to check out the College Football Podcast, also at wagertalk.com. We are here each and every Thursday night to do the podcast, and they're up and available throughout uh, the entire weekend. Let's start with our best bets with Matthew Holt. You can check him out at Matthew Holt VP. He is VP of Business Development at CGT Sportsbooks in Las Vegas. That is a whole lot of initials. <laughs> and I know who your best bet is, and we could just you know put out the initials there too, but instead we'll let you explain to everybody who you're on this week. I'm going to go with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I was on them last week. I'm going to be on them again. I like teams that are really underrated at home coming off that underdog momentum. People always say fade a team that, that won last week. That was a surprise. But I like it when they get to stay at home, don't travel, capitalize on that momentum. On the other side of the field, we have a Jacksonville team coming all the way back from London this week, having to play this game, still deal with hurricane fallout. And lay more than a field goal. This Jacksonville offense is scoring way more points than their actual yards per play and offensive numbers would perpetuate them being able to maintain all season. This Jacksonville offense isn't good. Blake Bortles was the worst rated quarterback coming into the season. People are saying they should bench him before he even played a game this season. All of a sudden, they're going to go on the road, deal with hurricane fallout, deal with the London comeback trip, and lay more than a field goal to the Jets. I'm going to go ahead and take the Jets, plus three and a hook. And I'm going to ask you about CGT Sports app, because there are a lot of people who listen to the show Thursday night, Friday morning. They come into town from California or other parts. And there's also, I believe, there are some conventions or at least one here in town this weekend. If they don't want to be sitting around in a hotel sports book, which, by the way, CGT is in some very nice sports book, a couple of my favorite, 
Uh, but if they want to get out and about in Las Vegas, they don't have to be in a sports book to make their bets. Tell them how to do it. And look, and one of the great things Dave mentioned earlier was in-play wagering on some of these games where you can get a read on it early. If you're going to be able to play full in-game wagering props, multiple total sides, then you need to have an account because it's not available over the counter. Take the five minutes, download the app, sign up for an account, Bet the games with full live in-game wagering, full props, everything. Bet the games where you watch the games from the convenience of your mobile telephone. That's how people bet in 2017. And, and by the way, you haven't mentioned, uh, no more issues with the Bluetooth and the Wi-Fi. That's right. Because that was a pain in the ass, to sure. be honest. But that's now, right. Well, it's it was. And, yeah. You know, just that's the way it worked. It wasn't yeah. just turning CGs. off your Wi-Fi. It was, all, it yeah. was all the different apps. Sure. I mean, you just had to turn turn it off. And it's like, ah, oh, for crying out loud. Uh, and it wasn't an app issue. It was a regulatory right, issue. Right. And now the regulator said, hey, yep. you can keep it on Wi-Fi on, and we all have it's them on. It's a snap. It's yep. beautiful. Your best bet, Dave, as long oh. as you're... Well, my best bet yeah. is to get one of the accounts at CG Technology. <laughs> well, because <laughs> it makes it more fun. Yeah. Okay? Um, anyway, I'm just going to go scheduling dynamics here. And I think the Chargers are in a great scheduling dynamic spot. And nobody wants them now because they're 0-3 and it's, it's the Chargers. And they don't have much of a home field advantage. But, boy, the Eagles are coming off a really thrilling victory over a, a rival, the Giants. They have to travel to the West Coast. I don't think it's a prime spot for them. And to be honest with you, I know the Eagles are 2-1. and one. Not like they've looked like a great team so far. In fact, I'm a little worried about my Eagles over bet because I, 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 I kind of hope they win here. From that standpoint, because that'll get them to three and one, and that's that's a that's a good thing for my over bet. But the reality is, I think they're very beatable at this point, and I think the Chargers, desperate for a win, will get one here. You can follow Dave at Dave Coke. And by the way, check out the videos this week. We've got ten videos up, and we're a bunch of us. I think just about everybody at Wager Talk plus Matt Holt joined us on a lot of football videos this week. Kelly Stewart from Kelly in Vegas fame also joined us for videos, and uh, those are all free. Obviously, a lot of college football, a lot of NFL that we talked about. On the videos this week, at Marco in Vegas is where you follow Marco D'Angelo and also at wagertalk.com. What do we got going for your best bet this particular week? And I already kind of gave it away. I said it was Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Doesn't necessarily mean that the Pittsburgh boy is on the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, it doesn't. I'm uh, looking at the total in this one. And I'm going to be honest, guys. I talked to a lot of you know sharp guys around town, and I'm the only one that's on this side of this game. But I like this side. And the perception is, yes, these teams play, as you like to say, uh, Scott. Slobberknockers. Slobberknocker games, and they do. But every year it seems they have that one game where they, they have the higher scoring game. 2016, they had a 31-27 game. 2015, 30-17. And 2014, 43-23. These two teams know each other well. Joe Flacco, I know he's not 100%, but a non-100% Joe Flacco is still way better than any quarterback that the Steelers have faced this year so far. They opened the season with Deshaun Kaiser at Cleveland. First NFL start. Didn't threaten the Steelers' defense at all. The second week, Case Keenum, an average quarterback. But he didn't know he was starting until 90 minutes before the game. anyway. So big break there, you know, and playing at home. And then last week, they faced Mike Glennon. Come on. And, you know, Glennon's not going to be the starter in Cleveland for, you know, too many more games before they go to Trubisky. Or in Chicago. Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. Excuse me. (laughs) Getting all excited here on this play. But I'm looking at this one, and Pittsburgh, yes, the offense has been sluggish. It's starting to get better. 
Le'Veon Bell starting to get a little bit of a rhythm, missing the entire training camp. That was a huge mistake on his part. I'm sure he regrets it now. But the Steelers, the turmoil that you talked about with the national anthem, yes, it's been a distraction. I think it was a distraction in Chicago. And they need to go out and answer this on the field. And you're going to see Pittsburgh go after this Baltimore uh, defense. Baltimore's defense has played well until last week, and they just mailed that game. And once Mm. that thing got out of control, they did mail it in. But look at what Baltimore's faced defensively. They played Cincinnati the first week. Cincinnati can't score any points. Mm. They've got all kinds of problems on the offensive line. And then they also face Cleveland, too. You're going to see both teams score this week, and I love that everybody just keeps betting the under because it's getting me line value. And my question is to you, Matt, how low does this total get? Do we get down to 41 on this game? Because that's what I'm trying to hold out for. I don't know that we get to 41 because what are we now, 42 and a half? half. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know that it drops that much because people (laughs) don't like it when they get that low in the Mm -hmm. NFL. And the problem is Pittsburgh still has that perception, although it hasn't facilitated itself to the actual field yet this year as one of the best offenses in the NFL, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. I just keep waiting for them to put it together. That's right. It's coming. So I think for that reason, because the perception is they're still a great offense, that you're, you're probably looking at 40. It may even go back up to 43. Yeah. Matt's well, best is the Jets. Did I interrupt you there, Marco? No, I'm, I'm taking I'm going to go ahead and grab it at the 42.5 right now. Good stuff. Matt's on the Jets. Dave's on the Chargers. Marco says over Pittsburgh-Baltimore, 42.5. I'm at Scott Wins. My best bet for the show is going to be those Tennessee Titans that we talked about in depth a little bit ago. I'm going to ignore some of the folks that I know who think they're going to come in on the Houston Texans here, I think. Boy, I tell you what, though, Deshaun Watson has some nice karma coming his way. That Mm. scares me a little bit after giving up his paycheck and handing it to uh, three people who worked in a cafeteria in Houston who lost their pay basically because of the hurricane that went through Houston. What a great kid. I mean, this guy gets it on and off the field. I got to root for him again. I got to root against him, I should say, in this particular game, though. Uh, I think the Titans are going to come away with about a touchdown to 10-point win. All right, guys, for uh, Dave Koken, for Matt Holt, for Marco D'Angelo, and for Mark Seidel, our producer, I am Scott Spritzer. Remember to put him in the win column. We'll check you out next week. College and pro football, Wager Talk Podcast. Yeah.